Welcome to Dove and Dragon Radio. This is your host, Emma Roostrock. I'm here with author Carissa Andrews, and we're going to talk about all of her wonderful books that, that she has out currently. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, you have at least three series, if I'm looking at this correctly. Well, there are two series that are out, and one is slated for the end of this year. So you're you're partially right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I see all the wonderful books on your website that are yep. all listed on our um, show here. And I was like, hmm, that's a lot of books. So when did you start writing? Yeah. Um, I started writing professionally, I guess, back in 2010, but I think I've always kind of written anyways. Um, even as a kid, my first book I wrote when I was like 14 years old. So it was just something that's kind of always been in my blood, I guess. That is amazing. I mean, us authors, we always pick up the pen and start writing, doodling, whatever at a younger age, but we don't turn mm-hmm. it into the career until we get passionate about it, I guess. Absolutely. So your first book, let's talk about that one. Your very first book that you published. Sure. Okay. I'm going to butcher the name unless you say it. <laughs> it's Pendamus. Okay. So yep. what is this one about? This is your very first book. Yep. So Pendamus, um, it originally, so it's a part of a trilogy, and then there is a like a little prequel novelette that comes with it too, but it's usually best read afterwards. But it's really a journey of it's it's a chosen one journey. So it's about a girl who doesn't realize she has powers, doesn't realize she's really anything other than just someone trying to live within her society in the way that it works, um, which is obviously dystopian because that's kind of the situation I think most of us mm-hmm. find ourselves in when we're looking at our own lives, and so we're like, hmm, dystopia looks pretty good right now. <laughs> so. Um, so it's, it's set in a, a different planet, actually. So it's, it's what I would call a genre-bending uh, series and a genre-bending book because it, it pulls in dystopian elements, fantasy elements, because really, for me, it, even though it's taking place on another planet and a lot of people will call it sci-fi, mm-hmm. it feels more fantasy to me because there's mythical creatures and there's magic. And so it's just it's kind of a weird hodgepodge of things. But the biggest overall arc is the, the Chosen One journey. Now, while you were writing this, were there any authors that you were reading that kind of inspired your creative process? Uh, not really the creative process so much. I think for me it was really more watching the story. For me, I loved, um, and I still do, Joss Whedon and the way that he tells stories. And mm-hmm. so it's a lot of the way that he does his storytelling through, like, Buffy, um, Angel, Firefly, back in those days. And so that really inspired the way that I wanted to write a book. Uh, I think at the time, so 2010, that, that would have been like the Twilight Zone. <laughs> so not literally Twilight Zone, but like when Twilight, uh, the series was coming out, and yeah. that was when everything was like just really blowing up. And so I think in some ways that may have inspired the way I wrote it because I liked the first-person perspective. I liked that immediacy of everything. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of ran with the, the first-person perspective, and I found over the years that I really enjoy that probably the most because there's a lot you can hide in first-person perspective versus having that third-person omniscient view. So, Right. Yeah, you, can, you don't have to tell so much about the character when you're doing it from the character's eyes. It's what they Correct. see, what they feel, versus what we see, what we 
think they feel. Right. Yeah, I, I write in the third person most of the time, but I enjoy reading from first person. So sure. right there both ways. So <laughs> I get it. Yeah, yeah. I've tried so. writing in third person, and I one of my books actually started, so Awakening, it's one of my newer books, started in third person. But I found mm-hmm. that as I was, and it was because I was going to hop in, through a different perspective, and I figured, well, maybe third person when you're doing five different uh, points of view would be the best situation. And it ended up still not working the way that I wanted it to, so I still ended up going back to first person and allowing each full chapter then to be okay. um, their chapter and be told from their perspective. That's an interesting take because, okay, I've tried, I'm the opposite. I have tried to write first person, and I can't seem to get the books to come out the way I see it in my head. And a lot sure. of people, if you're not not an author, you don't understand, you have the characters talking to you and telling mm-hmm. their story to you. Or Yep. So... It's an author thing. If you're not an author, I'm sure you're going to go, they're crazy. That that doesn't happen. But, no, this is <laughs> this is true. They the really author, do, and they'll come out of nowhere. Yeah. Yes, we'll be sitting day-to-day lives doing something completely mundane, like driving down the street, and they're just popping, hey, I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> right? Absolutely. Or, like, for, for so like in the Panamas Chronicles, that mm-hmm. the craziest thing was I wanted to, I knew I had this girl and she kind of popped into my head that way. I was outside actually playing with my daughter and my son. It was early in the morning in an October morning. So it's crisp and cold and we're just playing outside. And all of a sudden this girl is in my head and I'm like, Whoa, where did this come from? And then like the rest of her um, planet came in and it was like, okay, things, things, I had to go inside and I had to grab a notebook and start writing things down. And I got mm-hmm. the first couple of chapters of the story out, and then all of a sudden I got stuck. And I was like, why am I feeling stuck? And so I kind of brainstormed on it for a little bit. I kind of let it go and walked away from it for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden this other guy came in, and I, I realized I needed to tell the Pandamas world from two different perspectives. And so then I had – all of a sudden he started flooding in. It was like, okay, all right, I got this, okay. So it's it's weird how that all happened. It's just – it is. It's an author thing. Yeah, it, it, if you're not an author, you don't understand it. It's the same thing for artists. They see something in their head and they have to. It's a driving force to get it out of their head. It, yep. It's a creative yep. thing. Absolutely. We all go through it. Just We call it writer's block, but the truth is the voices aren't, aren't talking. So. Right. Yep. <laughs> yep. If it. Yeah, if anyone ever ever asks if you have writer's block, no, it's not writer's block. The voices just quit talking to me for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> yep, they needed a little space. They'll be back. It was a little time. So your family, do how supportive are they of your books? Um, I would say, where well, would they... it depends on... Yeah, it depends on the, the person. So we, we actually have five kids who live in our house, and then mm-hmm. my husband and I and our two, two puppies, Aztec and Pharaoh. And so my husband is very supportive. We, we are both writers. In fact, I actually met him on Twitter when we were talking about our first books, and mm-hmm. uh, Pandamas being my first book, and then he was talking about his first book, Rising, as well. And I helped him with his book cover on Twitter, and next thing I know, he was here and never left. <laughs> so he's very supportive. <laughs> Um, the, the other kids, I, I guess I would say 
the only one that's really read my books and enjoyed them, like where he's taken, he's a reader. And so it's just the way he is, mm-hmm. but it's, he's my oldest son. And mm-hmm. so he, he gets in it and he, he's right there. He knows what I'm writing. He knows what's coming next where my daughter's only 10. So she's, she's not quite to the area yet. I think she's probably pretty close to being able to read the Pendamus Chronicles. I mean, she just recently read the Hunger Games. So I think she's, she's probably about ready for it. But, um, my my oldest two stepsons that they, they, they have like no idea <laughs> they're off they're off in their own world of, of youtube or tiktok or whatever the heck is uh drawing their intention, yeah. attention right now so and then our youngest is only five so he he has not any idea yeah he would be a little bit hard to understand what mommy's doing with books <laughs> for sure he, he just knows he wants me to come up and play legos that's <laughs> that's pretty much it of course I have my daughter, she's 16. She's actually my editor. She's a high-functioning autistic, so her strengths are grammar and spelling and punctuation and editing books, even mainstream media. She sits there with pencils, and I'll go back to a book and find notes where their editing is not right. Wow. Wow. That is incredible. Yeah, she gets so annoyed. She'll pick up, like, Harry Potter or something and have something misspelled or misprinted that's no fault of the editor or anything, and she'll start making notes in all these books. I'm like, wow. Wow, that is really cool. (laughs) Yeah. So So you have another series starting end of this year, you said? Yep, I'm actually working on it now, so it's... It comes out towards the end of the year. It's called The Windhaven Witches. And um, I'm actually almost finished with the first book, Secret Legacy. And so I'm, I'm very excited for this one. I'm actually trying to hit the bestseller list with this one. So with Secret Legacy, I'm, I'm aiming for New York Times and USA Today with it. And so we'll see what happens. I'm mm. just gearing up my marketing engine now, now that we've crossed over into the new year. And so we're going to mm-hmm. start uh, taking advantage of the, the beautiful long runway that Amazon now lets us have. <laughs> yes, we love those long run rides. They can either be endless roadblocks, bumpy roads, or a smooth sailing. So. Right. But that's, yes. that's, yeah, it's Amazon and their uh, little glitches that they have, but that's okay. We still love them. Yep, we do. (laughs) So are your books available in store or are they just online? Let's go there. Um, It depends on the store. So they they are available in some stores, but for the most part, it's going to be online unless you request them to come in. So they're available. I mean, they are available through the Ingram Distribution Network. So it just is a matter of if you want your, your store, your local store to carry them, going there and asking them to, to bring it in. And they'll, they'll go ahead and do that for you. Uh, otherwise, they, they're available online in a, a variety of formats, I guess, depending on the book. My, my two latest books are not yet available in audiobook. I'm still working on those. But everything is available earlier than Awakening. So the Final Five, Oracle, and then all the Panamas Chronicles, they're all available in audiobook and paperback. And then everything else is available in ebook and paperback. Now, with your audios, do you have a voice actress doing your audios, or do you do them yourself? I do them myself. In fact, 
So if, if anyone out there listens to Pandamus, just know that it was my first experiment <laughs> and I was trying to learn how to do audiobooks. So I would say that that's probably my, my least best um, performance just because I was trying to get my groove, trying to understand how to, how to run um, Adobe Audition and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I have hit my stride since then. So if you, can, if you can push through the first audiobook, you'll be good. You'll be golden. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Well, no, because I ask because I don't know how much you background check me, but I work with several actors, actresses that actually do voiceovers for audiobooks. That's awesome. And, yeah, I don't say, hey, here's this actor. They could, no, I do from a author's point of view versus an actor's point of view, which way the audiobook works better. Sure. We're experimenting yep. with it within my publishing house, which way we want to go with that. So That's awesome. Yeah. We're negotiating it's, right now, which, which is better. <laughs> yep, yep. And it's definitely a, it's a learning curve for sure. Like when you first start, if you're interested in learning the, the process of doing audiobooks and recording and, and getting it uh, mastered to the point where ACX or um, any of the other, uh, you know, networks that are out there, allow you to distribute them it's it's definitely mm-hmm. an interesting challenge to to get it all right but once you do then it's it's not as hard as it you think it might be actually in, in my personal opinion right that's what i keep hearing it's not mm-hmm. a mountain it's a little molehill that you have to navigate but it's not as hard as people make it out to be yep well and especially once you get past that first one so it's mm-hmm. it's just one of those things where you just have to kind of bite the bullet, start start trying and start working with it and just, you know, make make those goofy mistakes where, you know, you, you talk too fast or <laughs> whatever. And then once you, you figure out the um, the settings for ACX or for whoever, then it, it's ready to rock and roll. And it's, it's just something that kind of comes naturally from that point forward. Awesome. So when you're not writing and not being mom, what are you doing? Oh, gosh, I'm probably reading. Or I will go, I, I'm a big fan of working out, so I do my workouts re- pretty religiously, so you'll probably find me downstairs in my workout room. Or um, I do meditations. I, if I'm not actually writing, the biggest thing that I guess consumes my time is I teach. So my other half of this authorship, because I've been doing this for over a decade, I actually teach other people how to become indie publishers and indie authors. And so I have another company that I run um, called Author Revolution. So that takes up a lot of my time. I do a lot of podcasting or um, webinars and my online courses, things like that. And then I have one-on-one mentorships with the people that I have either locally in town or who have found me through other sources. Awesome. And we do have that Author Revolution online school, the link for that posted here so you yeah. can find it. Awesome. Because all of this is very important to the author world, especially with their indies. And I love crossing over between authors who also do other things that help the indie community. I'm really For big sure. on promoting. There's so many terrific authors out there that just need a little bit more confidence. Mm-hmm. So I love yep. and that's, working with that. That's huge. And that's, yes. It's a huge that's- thing that we have within the indie world that I don't think the mainstream authors have is 
you need to be nurtured more. They have that with their PAs and stuff like that in the big houses. But in the end yep. world, you're doing it all yourself. Right. Well, and I think really mindset is a huge thing because when, when we, I mean, even though the indie boom has kind of come and gone now and, and people ex- are accepting it more, there's still that mm-hmm. stigma, I think, where especially the older authors have a tendency to mm-hmm. still think that, oh, well, if I publish myself, then I'm not a real author. And mm-hmm. it's getting over that mindset. I'm, I actually, one of the other things that I do is I'm the president for the Lakes Area Writers Alliance, which is a, our local um, non, local nonprofit for writers in our central Minnesota area. And so I, we have authors coming to our group from all ages, all publishing levels, all genres. Um, some of them are writing novels. Some of them are writing blog posts. And it really just kind of depends on, on what they are interested in. And that's really the big thing is, is helping them to understand that no matter what their journey is, if they choose to self-publish, this is a, a, an extremely valid option. And it's not one that, you know, it, it's a, it would actually be a limiting belief to say that indie publishing is, is not a good idea at this point in time. Right. The only thing I suggest with first-time authors is, don't pay a thousand, two thousand dollars for someone just to publish your work. If they're doing the distribution, if they're doing Absolutely. the editing, if they're doing the cover art, okay, that's stuff you have to pay for anyways. But if they're yep. paying, they are not including that, and it's just for them to accept your book and make, give you a contract. Run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. See, and for me, it's like, oh, my gosh, the publishing part's the easy part. I mean, don't let that, like, fool you in any way, shape, or form. If, if mm-hmm. you're really looking to make a career out of being an indie publisher, an indie writer, it, mm-hmm. honestly, getting, getting your mind wrapped around how the back-end dashboard of KDP works or how to use a distribution network like Smashwords or Publish Drive or whatever, that, it's, that part is easy. It's, it's just a matter of following the on-screen instructions and you know, kind of playing around with it until you understand how it works. And honestly, it's it's so easy to be able to get it up and get it out there. So if someone is saying that, yeah, they're going to charge you a thousand, two thousand dollars just to, to publish your book, they are, wow, they they are definitely raking you over the coals for that. <laughs> yes, I I yep. have talked to so many authors, and actually I ended up signing one under my publishing house because I'm like, no, you're not paying them this insane amount of money to publish and you still have to pay for editing your book cover and whatnot. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, like, no, that you run, you take that contract and you tear it up. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. So yeah. I, yeah, I save authors like that. I'm like a lot of my publishing <laughs> house is people I've talked to on podcasts like this one. I'm like, no, yep. you're not doing that. I can't in good conscience say, no, I, I can't let them take your money. I'm sorry. For sure. I, I do that. That's I, awesome. Like I said, it's a good thing that I, you do as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm all for helping the underdog. And if you're not told to run from these places, this is how they make money. Yep. So. Absolutely. Well, they they, they know – that you don't know certain aspects of it and what you don't know can really end up costing you a lot of money. So in my personal opinion, I love getting in there and just seeing, seeing how things work. If you find that putting your book up there takes too much time and it's not the best use of your time, well then fair enough. At least you've checked it out and you've, 
you've seen the process, you know what's involved in it so that you're able to um, confidently go to someone who's saying, yes, I'll publish your book and charge you that much money and that's all they're doing and go, oh, I don't think so. So Right. Yeah, always do your due diligence regardless of what you're doing. Even with For the sure. marketing, there's platforms like Flipboard. Do you use Flipboard for your promoting yet? I don't, but my husband loves Flipboard. So it's it's one of those things where I'd probably have to take a little bit more time to take a look at it. Um, I use other other um, methods for getting marketing out there, mostly ads. I, I guess where I've been doing the majority of my work right now. So, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of little things that add up to big things. Yes, absolutely. So Now, we can find you on Facebook, Twitter. Is there mm-hmm. anywhere else we can find you? Oh, my gosh. Pretty much anywhere you, you turn, I'm probably out there. Um, I, I do have a YouTube channel. I have Instagram. I am on TikTok of all fun things. I... Um, obviously, I'm out on BookBub, so if you follow BookBub or like to get any kind of BookBub deals, I am out there. In fact, um, Pandamus is going to be free coming up here. This, actually, it's starting right now. So if, if you're interested in getting a, a free book and just checking out what the series looks like, it is free from now until the end of the month because I have a BookBub deal coming up next Tuesday. Um, and then we we will be going into our big month of, uh, we're calling it the Merciless Merciless Month of Books or something like that for, in honor of my next book that's coming out next month called Merc- uh, Love is a Merciless God. And so we have okay. freebies and um, discounted books happening starting with Pandamus right now and then going all the way through the end of February. So if you're interested in, in getting books on sale or wanting to check anything out, I would encourage you to check out my website and get signed up on my newsletter because we're going to be uh, letting everybody know when these promos are happening, how they're starting, when they're starting. Um, it, it'll also be out on Facebook and in our Miscreant Facebook reader group. So if you like being involved in uh, online groups where we are talking about books or getting excited about new books that are coming, it's the, our Miscreant reader group is one that is, is a lot of fun. We have giveaways and contests, and we drop little um, excerpts of the book I'm working on, so Secret Legacy, the first book in the Windhaven Witches. I'm dropping excerpts right now, and cover reveals. All sorts of cool things happen in there. Cool. That is awesome. Yeah. See, we find up all, all these different Facebook groups. So we, there's so many of them, we don't know how many are actually out there until authors say, hey, join this group. <laughs> right? Yes. Absolutely. And if you're an author, I do have, so out in Author Revolution, I do have Facebook groups there as well. I have an online community and that's where I post all of the stuff for my podcast or um, I do weekly Writer Wednesday Facebook Lives inside that group. And we talk about different elements that are happening, whether it be author imposter syndrome or um, let's see, this, this past week was how to brainstorm a series. So we've got all, all sorts of different topics that we cover and we talk about and it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, I mean, I'm I'm checking out things that we talk because that's what I do. <laughs> yep. Yep. So out okay, off the wall question. Out of everything you have written so far, which is the, your favorite story? Just the book itself. Oh, okay. Oh man, I would just one book. Hmm. 
<laughs> I guess that was that one's hard. It's kind of a tie for me um, between Oracle and Love of the Merciless God. There, I, Oracle just has kind of a place in my heart. It's one of my favorite books. I love the the dynamic between the two. But Love of the Merciless God has that forbidden love kind of situation, and it's um, it's really uh, an urban fantasy slash a paranormal romance type situation. It's, it's really a lot of different things, but I, I love it because the dynamic between the two, two main characters is really interesting. And there's a lot of twists and turns in that book. So it, it has to be a tie between those two. Awesome. Now we only have a few more questions. So I'm going to go back over your links sure. real quick. Cause I know it's a lot of information for people. We have your, sure. Your chrisaandrews.com. You have your yep. Facebook author, Carissa Andrews. Twitter yep. is also Carissa Andrews. Author yep. of <laughs> Re- Revolution, Revolution Online School. Yep. Uh, and your Amazon links. So we're good with everything. And, of course, you can find you on BookBub and a lot of other places. Google the name. I'll just put it that yes. way. Absolutely, yeah. If you Google my name, you'll you'll find a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> yeah, we only post a few links here because if we post every link every author has, you're going to have pages of links. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I have pages of links. It's, it's in a Google spreadsheet, <laughs> so I get it. Yeah, exactly. Every yeah. author, when you, especially a best-selling author like yourself, you have pages upon pages of links. Right, and you need it in a quick and easy place to find it. Otherwise, you'll be hunting them down for hours. It's crazy. Very true. Very true. I'm I'm still finding interviews that I did back in 2016. I'm like, oh, here's the link for that. <laughs> right? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It, especially if radio show hosts or stuff post it and then they forget to send you the link, it takes you yep. forever to find them. Oh, so. it really does. That's why I usually will put, like, when I, whenever I do finally get them, I'll post them on my website into the press room. I don't know if you had the chance mm-hmm. to look at that, but if you go to the press room towards the bottom, it, it shows, like, all the different things that I've done. And um, that way I, I have a quick and easy, it, it's more for me than anybody else, but it's a quick and easy place to be able to find it again if I needed to. Right. You have to. Yep. I mean, you can't just do these interviews and then lose a link. But if you have a press room or something like that on your website, we can find your interviews, your blogs, your Facebook, whatever you're doing, and it's yep. easy. Absolutely. But I, I appreciate you being on the show, and I look forward to reading about your witches because I love the, those type of books I gravitate to, so... <laughs> I do too. And this that book, the, the series, it was originally just a, a book and it was, it's kind of a weird way that that one came about because it was the very first, it was based off of the very first book that I ever wrote when I was 14, which was actually based mm-hmm. off of a dream I had, which felt like more of a, like a past life memory is how it, I can describe it. Like to this day, I can still remember this dream and this weird house that I was in and the, there was like a hidden room and it was just really an interesting dream and I ended up having to write it. Well, obviously when you're 14 and you have no idea how to write, the book's not very good. <laughs> mm-hmm. So then I rewrote it in um, 2018, but I didn't, 
I was trying to kind of pull in my version of what like the reverse harem trend was doing, but I found that mm-hmm. I'm not really good at having multiple love interests. So I'm still, I kind of went back, reworked the whole, um, the whole book, it created a series out of it. And now it's flowing so much better. I love it. It's, it's a really awesome series. It's going to be amazing. Well, I look forward to reading it because like Thank I said, I, I love those books and I love the, all the twists and turns. So that's, that's something Me too. I, yeah, books have to have a certain ebb and ease with twists and turns and things like that. But, again, I thank you so much for being on the show today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. And for all of our readers, just Google Carissa Andrews. You're going to find a wealth of knowledge. And thank you. And join me next time. Thank you so much. Have a nice day, Carissa. You too. Thank you. Welcome to Dove and Dragon Radio. We are live today, and I have a special guest with me, Augustus Vaughn. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the honor of having me on your show. Oh, this is going to be fun. Now, normally I do authors that have written books. You're a little bit different as you have an audio book instead. Would you like to tell us a little yes. bit about that? Yes, I would love to. Um, so, uh, this uh, new audio book that I uh, have just released, uh, to be honest, it is actually my first audio book. So um, I, I do have a history in writing, but this audio book is special because it's a little bit of a detour, even though it's my first work. So uh, it, it's uh, I'm, I'm very excited about it. Now, did you find doing the audio book harder than doing written work or it was about it's the same. Um, actually, it was. Um, it, it came across awkward at first because uh, I've done public speaking, so I had you know experience with uh, speaking engagements and writing. Uh, I've had experience, but more so in poetry. So um, okay. it was a crossover, but I had experience in some way or form, so it wasn't too difficult. That's very interesting mix right there. Poetry with public speaking is a little bit of a mix compared yeah. to some of the people I talk to that do business and leadership, which is what your book is about. Right, right. Yeah, quite quite the crossover, but, you know, they're, they're cousins. Of course. All writing, all forms of literature are cousins in one way or another. Indeed, indeed. Now, you have some really excellent um, reviews already on your site where we can purchase this, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But what Mm -hmm. made you write this book? Um, All right, so uh, starting out, um, I I noticed uh, a couple of friends growing up, and – you know, I I've had friends from both sides of the the court. I, I've had friends that uh, had it well growing up, 
but I've mm-hmm. also had friends that had it very tough growing up. And um, I noticed that usually the ones that had it tough growing up, uh, they had this rebellious nature uh, just naturally based off of what they've seen. But uh, some of them, um, not not most, it's, it's been a rare occasion, but some of them, they actually seen a light once adulthood came. And uh, long story short, they ended up, you know, becoming gentlemen. Um, but I noticed the ones that had it good growing up, they've uh, enjoyed action movies and they love having this uh, infatuation with being that guy, being the man. And uh, once responsibility hit for them, they actually started making mistakes because they're not sheltered anymore. So um, it's really been on my heart to address this guy that everyone wants to be or used to be but um, or, or is but doesn't want to be anymore. And uh, that is what you will call in my audiobook, The Bad Boy. Okay. That makes perfect sense. Because I have those friends, too, that were better off than some, and some of that were door floor poor. And it's interesting to sit back and watch them where they've gone to now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very interesting, uh, sad. Uh, sometimes mm-hmm. it turns out well, but on uh, most yeah. occasions, sad. I've my one friend that that I went to school with wasn't well off, but he was middle class family. Um, mm-hmm. Anthony Hitchens from the Chicago Reds, Redskins Chiefs. Sorry. The Chicago Chiefs, or, or, yeah, Missouri. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Do we see? I don't follow sports. Don't hold that against me. Yeah, it's all right. I know know he was in the Super Bowl (laughs) yesterday, but it was, it's interesting to have been able to watch him in school to be where he's at Mm -hmm. now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, uh, very, very interesting to see. And it sounds like, you know, he made it to the pros, so he had a uh, happy ending, right? Right. Now, there's some of my friends that don't have that happy ending, and they're still where they were back in high school. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, and see, that's why I uh, did the bad boy, because um, in most scenarios, um I I, I I don't want to jump too far in the interview because I know you have mm-hmm. your questions ready. But um, in some, well, actually most scenarios, it comes down to education. And mm-hmm. upbringing is very important because what the parents do is they educate their children if the parents are there, you know. Right. But uh, in, in the case where there's a single-parent uh, household, all that child needs or adult needs is to have education on why things are the way that they are. And, I mean, that that works wonders when someone not only has education, but they know what they're doing. Right. See, yeah. I'm a firm believer, believer and I can't talk today, um, 
that education is the foundation for everything. But yeah. to get the kids to learn while they're in school has to be also backed up by the parents. Even Indeed. if you're taking five, ten minutes from your day when your son or daughter comes home from school, A, talk about mm-hmm. what's going on in school and reiterate what they're learning and why they're learning it, why it's important. Yes, yes, very important. That's 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 very important. Um, I, I also am a uh, firm believer of, of that as well because um, I, I've heard of this uh, recent um, uh, speaker, and uh, his resume is off the charts, but he used to be a uh, school psychologist, teacher, and principal in, in the past. And uh, he said that the schooling system is it's a setup to learn at home. It's, it's, it's just a setup. Mm-hmm. And he said the sad thing about it is uh, school goes on for too long for children to actually get anything. But in the midst of it, when they come home, uh, the, the child could still succeed. It just takes a little bit of effort from the parents. Right. And I went through the thing with the school that I ended up pulling on my daughter out of the mainstream school, brick-and-mortar school, and started teaching her for about two years, homeschooled her, mm. which was an honor for me because I got to teach her everything that I found to be important that's not in schools because I don't have time to mm-hmm. teach it. Right, right. That's um, that's, beautiful. that's beautiful. I mean, yeah, there's things in history that needs to be taught, and we have to teach it so we don't forget and repeat the cycle. That, that's just one in- yeah. instance. Yes, very true, very true, and um, this is this is another reason why I've um, um, formed the bad boy because uh, dealing with this with this uh, specific character, um, I, I I had to go back to that childhood a lot. It's um uh, it, it's it's an easy um how 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 can I put this? It's easy to understand it, but <laughs> Needless to say, it is not an easy listen. It hits close to home, but of course, um, it brings results. You know, it, right. it brings powerful results. But it's just that you know, the the listener, if they're a bad boy, it's not going to be easy for them to you know listen. Um, but it brings results. Right, and that's an important thing. Anything that's mm-hmm. self help, self motivation self-learning, it's hard to hear because we don't want to hear this yeah. about ourselves. We don't want, yeah. we want to fix it, but we don't want to be told what to fix. This is mentality yeah. of people. And I, yeah, I talk to a lot of self-help authors and stuff like this all the, all the time, so this is something they always say. We always want to better ourselves, but we don't want to hear how to better ourselves. We think we know it all. Yes, yes, very true. And, you know, um, 
we we can say that that's a problem, but it's um, it's more so I believe it's just human nature, you know. Uh, I don't think there's anything uh, bad on anyone's part, you know. Whenever we feel this way, it, it's just right. part of human nature. Right. Yeah. There there's things with human nature we have to overcome to grow. That's just fact. Mm-hmm. We've done it for millennia almost as mm. human beings. To grow, to mm. learn, we have to overcome our own mental we don't want to do this because society says no. Yeah. So we have to overcome yeah, very that. True. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Now with the bad boy, what age group are you gearing to? Um well on uh on Audible it uh allows eighteen and up. But um if someone say a uh, responsible parent were to find excerpts throughout the uh series that they believe are applicable to their um to, to their child or to someone that they may be a guardian over that is uh, uh, a little younger, it, w- it would be acceptable. But I'm I'm aiming for that 18 and up because uh, the bad boy, as you uh, can tell from the action movies, from the books, mm-hmm. from uh, the, the magazines, uh, this guy is very erotic. See? Okay. So, you know, I can't aim for the younger generation. I, I would like to warn them in a in a sense, but, you know, I, I can't aim for them. So it's up to the right. parent to kind of bridge that, you know. No, that that's a perfect thing. That's why I ask, because there's some authors out there, audio, paperback, whatever, that goes, anyone can read it. Well, that's not always true. What are right. you, you know, it, it, it's, you can say anyone can read this, but can they really? Is right. a 13-year-old right. going to have the same outlook at your work as a 20-year-old? It, it's oh. just, oh, I, I, uh-huh. you know. Yeah, so I, I always I ask. I'd uh, be able to relate to this. <laughs> they're, they're, they're going to need a couple more years for that <laughs> <laughs> Of course See I like letting parents know Hey yeah it would be a good read for parents To maybe have an insight But it may not be ready For your son or daughter For a few more years Yeah Yeah yeah. It's very good but on your th- part Yeah but at the same time It's good as a parent To listen to this stuff because maybe it'll open up a dialogue you need to have with your son or daughter. Yeah, very true, very true. I've um, I, I've seen in uh, one of the reviews that was uh, left for uh, this title that um, there were uh, it, it was a couple and they were talking about how they didn't pay attention to some things that they were doing as parents. And first off, as I'm reading this review, you know, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, all right, parenting and, you know, but um, mm-hmm. 
this deals with uh, children or it deals with uh, the bad boy as he's young. So, yeah, I can mm-hmm. see how they, you know. And uh, they said that it actually helped them in um, making sure that they didn't raise a, quote, unquote, bad boy. You know, I, that that really blessed me to see that. Right. It, that's one thing we have to learn as parents, how to stop a future action of our child by how we parent. And I just right. was talking to someone a couple of days ago about, you know, mm-hmm. discipline. Don't always reward them for just showing up at school. We have to get yeah. away from this. We have to actually start taking responsibility as a parent and teaching our ch- children, not just, oh, you went to school, so here's a t- certificate or a trophy or whatever because you went to school. Mm-hmm. Well, what is the child learning in school for them to deserve that certificate? Yeah, are they very true. starting to starting to bully someone, or are they being bullied? Or are they sticking up for the child that is bullied? What's going on? Right. There's a dynamic that there we need to have an open discussion, and as parents, stop. Yeah, uh, Lord knows this ep- this this episode is not long enough for me to touch on that one. <laughs> Oh, I I understand completely. But oh, wow. yeah. My my yeah. my. I I can I I can make a whole 2-hour episode just on parenting and bullying. Yeah. I really yeah, yes, could. Indeed. Because there's <laughs> so much going on right now as parents, we need to take responsibility for so we can stop losing our young people to things like suicide because they're being bullied. It's just, it blows my mind. Yeah, yeah. So sad. It is. I mean, as a child that was bullied in school, I understand where Mm -hmm. the children that take their life are coming from. I understand it. I wouldn't, I didn't do that route, but I understand the feeling to do that. But at the same yeah. time, I had mm-hmm. a grandfather that I could talk to about it. So we need right. as parents to step in, talk to our mm-hmm. children, find out what's going on. And mm-hmm. today, the bullying is 10 times worse than 20 years ago when I was in school. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's definitely different, definitely different than it used to be. Um, I mean, I now, mean they're, they're now you don't. Yeah, now you don't have just the drugs and the bullying in school. You now have the social media, so now it's being taken mm-hmm. to a whole nother level. So it's not mm-hmm. just people that you're interacting with on a daily basis in school. Now you're adding the world wide web, and you're being bullied or hassled by people that are in a different country. Man, my goodness, my goodness. Very true, very true. So we rely as parents on books like yours so we can mm-hmm. get into our heads again as parents and open dialogue with their children. Yes, indeed. It's, it's, there, there's a lot of work to be done, but um, 
what gives me light at the end of this tunnel is the fact that we all have the power to get it done. Right. You know, and we, we have to work we just together to do more, it. Yes, a little more unity and um, a little less talking, a little more action. You know. Exactly. I mean, talking yeah. is great. It opens up the dialogue, but you have to have the actions to back up the talking. Exactly, exactly. Otherwise, the talking is just going to, uh, for one, it's going to be uh, for, um, without purpose, and two, mm-hmm. it's going to get repetitive. So even that's going to get boring. You know? Exactly. And Yeah, and people, we, we tend to hurt each, each other when we get bored, so... We have to. We have to act. Mhm. You can't sit in front of a computer all day and expect things to change. You have to have an action behind your words to do something. Yes. Yes. Very true. Very true. I mean, as authors, we're able to put the words there and give you tools. Parents, mm-hmm. we give you tools. It's up to you to learn how to use those tools. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the blessing of uh, authoring. Right. Yeah. It, it's one of the great things as being an author that we can do is give someone else tools. Yeah. 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 So. Um, you know, in the uh, in the bad boy, um, I, I give tools uh, concerning um, these these uh, scenarios from you know from ground up. But what I also do in the book um, is I bring things into perspective concerning what's going on today. Um, for for example, uh, many people believe that when they're watching a quote unquote chick flick, right, a romantic Mm -hmm. movie, that they're watching a movie about romance. And, um, you know, I was under this impression as well, but going into the study that uh, was required for the bad boy, uh, it came to my amazement that these movies aren't romantic movies. They're actually Mm -hmm. erotic movies. See, because if these movies were romantic movies, then the music would be playing when the guy meets the girl and he gives her the compliment and he gives her the wink and she blushes and the music, the intense music will be playing during the rapport. But mm-hmm. that's not when the intense music is playing. They have the intense music playing in the bedroom. See? And the media plays into how we see things like romance, which is very important in relationships today. And yes. um, things, things like desire, things like love, the media has betrayed us, see. And um, I, I'm trying my best not to spoil the book, but uh, not only is it revealed how the media um, betrayed us in this uh, scenario, but um, I also have the solutions of how to become um, really your own, uh, for the men to be your own man and for the women to be your own woman in the midst of what the media gives us 
surroundings. Right. Now, we have about a few minutes left here. Where can our listeners find your audio book or find you? Um, Audible. Um, uh, we're, we're trying to push everything to Audible, Amazon, iTunes, um, to get in touch with me. Augustus Vaughn, that's V-A-U-G-H-N, at gmail.com. That's Augustus Vaughn at gmail.com. And do you have any Twitters, Facebook, anything like that? Uh, not at the moment. I'm uh, trying to find the right team so that we can uh, start from scratch. But uh, okay. our, uh, there, there, there are uh, channels, but we prefer if, you know, email and uh, Audible uh, for the time being. Well, there we go. That's, as Lisa, that's a place to start for our listeners to get a hold of you. And we'll keep our yeah. listeners posted as you get Facebook, Twitters, or whatever other social medias that are popping up out there right now. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. I I had one come on here the other day with a dribble. Is the new mm-hmm. social media. So I'm like, okay, what's a dribble? <gasps> <laughs> so <laughs> I, I know basic, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. You start throwing these oddball social medias. I'm, I'm going to start questioning. <laughs> um, so we have this book out. Are you planning another book like this? Um, yeah, actually, this is uh, the first of a large series of books. I'm trying my best not to um, spoil them, but um, okay. it will cover every side of every man that dwells today and throughout ancient history because this is information that needs to be had. Of course. We yeah. There's tools, there's so many conversations that we need to have with society today that we need mm-hmm. books, we need audios, we need videos in some cases to get this message across to people. Indeed. But we're almost out of time So thank you so much for being on the show today Thank you, it was an honor And I hope to have you again Back again As I said, I can't talk today When you have your next audiobook come out That sounds sounds very well Very good, I, I, uh, I intend to so for our listeners on audio, again, the name of the audio book is The Bad Boy by Augustus Vaughn. And take a listen to it. There's like 30-some five-star reviews on this. This is insanely, insanely good. So, again, thank you. Thank you. Have a nice thank day, you. Augustus. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Welcome to Dove and Dragon Radio. I'm your host, M.L. Ruschak. Now, normally I have authors, but we're going to change it up a little bit and have an author slash entrepreneur on the show. Welcome, Karen, and I hope we have an interesting conversation.
conversation about what everything you do. Well, I hope so too. Um, I'm glad to be on your on your blog site. Uh, it's not yeah. something I've done before, so you'll have to excuse me if I'm a bit strange. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but we're writers; we're all strange. Let's be honest. Yes, um, let's be honest. All authors are strange creatures to begin with, so <laughs> it's all good. Well, I've got a I've got a double whammy because I own horses and breed them and train them as well, so. I'm doubly insane because I write books that have nothing to do with horses, and I train horses, so I've got a double weirdness going on, but that's neither here nor there. Oh, oh um, that's so cool. What kind of horses? I have Spanish horses, Andalusians. Oh, and wonderful. I have, I have an Andalusian stallion that's very well-bred, and I cross him to... Well, I I only breed bespoke horses, so I only breed horses that are specific for people. So they come to me and say, I want this horse to do this. And then I say, well, this is the cross you want, so let's go and sort it out. And I have, um, I've been very lucky. I've got two very old type quarter horses, which are almost impossible to find now. They're very solid working horses, like they had in maybe the 20s or 30s. And I have two. Oh, yes that I use for my brood mares to breed as techers. And, um, but I don't breed 105 horses a year that I can't sell. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't charge an abnormally large fee either. I, I breed specifically for what somebody wants. I'm the understanding that they will have that horse for the rest of their life. And I always also have a buyback policy. So if at any time they can't keep the horse or whatever, I almost have to approve who they sell it to. I know that sounds weird, but I don't want no, any of my that... horses going to an auction. So that has right. to be involved, and it reflects. So rather than charging people $20,000 and they're not caring what happens to my horses, I charge them a sensible price, uh, which they can pay over the entire 18 months it takes them to get the foal. Um and under the understanding that if it all goes terribly wrong, then the horse will have a, a home with me until I can either rehome it or keep it or whatever. It works. Good. Works for me. No, makes me. Yes. Good. No. I'm. I'm very. I'm thankful you do that. So many people that think of stuff like that. I'm. I'm a big animal lover, horse lover. So I'm very thankful. But Thank you're you. an author. Yes, you're an author. Yes. And. I am. Um, you have a book site that's books, com. Now, this isn't that's just your, your books. This is a lot of other things on no. here. No. This, this is, um, if you would indulge me for a second, um, mm-hmm. me and a friend of, of mine in England who also writes, and he's in Herefordshire, which is probably, I'm in New York, I'm in New Jersey, and he's in Hereford okay. in England. And I was helping him with a plot line on his book, which I can't go into. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, and we were sitting chatting one night, um, probably four in the morning, and we were we were discussing that I write westerns under a pen name. Okay. I also do poetry and things like that under my name, but my books are under a pen name. Okay. <clears throat> and we were discussing that most... Uh, standard publishing houses don't touch westerns. God knows why, because they sell extremely well, especially in Germany, but they don't. So 
So your alternative is Vanity Press. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Or right. self-publish. So if you self-publish, you're limited because you've got to do the Amazon route. You don't have any choice. And we were discussing how ridiculous Amazon is from our point of view as in the authors. Mm-hmm. Because although it's cheap, they have a ranking system. So if you're, let's assume that you write a horror, and it's a really good horror, but you're not a very well-known author. If Stephen King comes out with one that week, you're screwed. You're going to get lost in the shuffle. Nobody's going to find it. Nobody's going to read it. Nobody's going to sell it. And we were saying that there has to be a way around that. There has to be. There's got to be something out there that provides a service to, to, I won't say bypass the ranking system, Mm-hmm. but to, to give a new author a fair shake, basically. Right. So we searched, like you do, and I have a a, a, a guy who's a internet wizard, and I asked mm-hmm. him to do a search, and he said there's nothing. So Steve and I sat down one night, literally all night, and we figured out that if we had a website where an author can put up their cover, their prologue, their first chapter, that's all you put up. Then readers can come to that website. They can read the first chapter because from an author's point of view, if you haven't grabbed the attention in the first chapter, you're not going to. Exactly. They can read the first chapter. If they like it, then all they have to do is click on a button and it takes them exactly to wherever your books are for sale, whether it's Amazon, a publisher, in your back garden in a box. It doesn't matter. And we looked and we looked and we looked and there was nothing. So we said, right. I got hold of my tech chum and said, can you build me a website? And he said, yeah. Okay, how much is it going to cost me? And he gave me the cost, and I thought, oh, jeez. Okay, well, if that's how much it costs, that's how much it costs. Let's just do it. Now, this is going to sound a bit, I'm a rich kid that's spoiled, and it's not true. But the websites cost me about six and a half grand. But we did a trade, uh, me and the web guy, because he had a problem with his horse, and when you're training horses, you don't take your jacket off for less than 100 bucks an hour. So I said to him, well, I'll fix your horse if you build me this website, which is what he did. So mm-hmm. we have the website. And what we do is the readers can come on there for free. doesn't right. cost a reader a penny, nothing. That encourages readers to, to come to it because some sites you can go on and, and they charge the readers. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a review section so that readers can put reviews up and they're not going to have to spend 50 bucks to be able to do that. And you're going to have fair, honest reviews. And if they're just being nitpicky and nasty, we'll take them down. We don't mind bad reviews, but if people have just got an axe to grind, then no, they've right. got to come down. And we would do that because that irritates the snot out of me is, is somebody will put up a review that is just nasty and vicious, and you look and you think, did you read the damn book? They would have to come down. So that's, from the reader's point of view, 
Mm-hmm. That's their, their bonus, if you like. From the writer's point of view, and we can't guarantee that people will buy your books. We can't. Right. But it's right. a platform to promote and market your books that bypasses the ranking system on Amazon. Now, from a writer's point of view, we don't care what you write. Mm-hmm. It's not our responsibility to say it's a really good book. We'll take it. This is crap. We're not going to. We don't do mm-hmm. that. That's not our job. The only genre we will not take for obvious reasons is erotica because we can't guarantee that the readers that come to the site are over 21. Right. So rather than circumvent that minefield, we said, well, we're not going to have erotica because it's just easier to not have it, which is a shame. But Mm -hmm. if this takes off, we may have a separate section for erotica where somebody has to, we would have to come up with some algorithm that actually proves that you are the age you say you are, but that's right. yet to be done. So from the writer's point of view, all we're going to charge is $20 a month. Now, the $20 a month, you can pay us monthly, or if you want to pay us a yearly rate, it's 200 bucks a year. Now, I honestly think that's about as cheap as you can get. And I think yeah, even the most even the most hard up author could afford twenty bucks a month. You know, it's a couple of packs of cigarettes right. or a few beers or whatever. Right. That price isn't gonna change. We're not doing this for the money. We're doing this it's because it's the source to that promote you need the authors. and isn't there. The only thing mm-hmm. Steve and I get out of it is we get to put our big books up for nothing. That's it. Right. Now, from the writer's point of view, from the author's point of view, we've set up the system, and I've had my tech guy do it as simple as he possibly can, so that you can you can just download your cover, download your pre, uh, prologue, download your first chapter, and away you go. We will not bill you for the first three months. Everybody gets the first three months for free. After that, you can pay us 20 bucks a month or 200 bucks a year, whichever you're comfortable with. Now, uh, books that are charitable books, there are some Mm -hmm. um, anthologies that people write, like poetry and stuff, where the money goes directly to charity. Without yep. question, they will be free. We would never charge them for that. That is oh, not right. Oh, that is we so awesome that. because I have a few that I would li- love to put onto your site. Then as long as uh, when, when you fill it in, you can send us a message and say this anthology is for charity, and then the guy who puts them up will know well, he's never going to send you a bill, ever. Okay. Uh, okay. Awesome because uh, right, we do a – military anthology once a year and we're getting ready to come out with our domestic violence um perfect fundraiser as well perfect yeah yeah i mean i'm i'm writing some poems at the moment um for um a, a charitable organization that deals with fathers who are not allowed to see their kids for whatever reason Mm -hmm. um 
and the the money's going to a charity. And I've said, well, I'll write you some poems and just put it on the website, and we'll never bill you. Like I, I mean, people don't believe me when I say this, and I and I've spoken to authors online and on Facebook and stuff like that, and they think I'm making it up. We're not doing this for the money. We're no, doing it this takes... because it's necessary. The okay, twenty this dollars is what... a month. Barely covers operating costs. I was just going to say, the $20 a month will cover the operating costs, and that's it. It Mm -hmm. covers the cost of having the website, the cost of maintaining it, and the minimal cost we pay the guy to keep updating it. That's it. So Mm -hmm. we're not going to die multimillionaires. The only fly in the ointment could be, the only fly in the ointment could be, if Amazon or one of the other whatever you want to call them, decides it's a really good idea and they want to buy us out. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't think that's a possibility, but let's just assume that mm-hmm. that was to happen. There would be a lot of noughts involved, mm-hmm. and the majority of those noughts would go to charity because we're not right. doing it for the money. Plus, we would screw them down to make sure that they didn't completely destroy it and it was still able to help writers mm-hmm. if that makes sense if no, they don't want to play that game we'll, they don't want to play that game we'll keep it we don't care you know like I say we're not doing it for the money there's, there's, we're right. not going to die multi-millionaires doing this but and, and the way we sort of put it across to people is we're writers helping writers there are a lot of very very good new writers out there very good new writers that are not even getting airtime because nobody knows they exist. Right, which is why I have this radio show, and I love to be able to promote those on your platform because I am really big on getting the authors out there. I don't care what genre you are. I'm tired of just mainstream authors getting all the attention. There are some wonderful indie authors out there. Right. And this is this is our way, if you like, of saying this, this, it, huh. this is our way of saying this is the this is the help we can give you. Now, it like I say, it's writers helping writers. Mm-hmm. What we need the writers who put their books on the website to do is to promote the website with readers. Yes. Right. So they right. promote their website and say, this is where you can get my book. This is where you can do this. This is where you can – because we can't, we've got to get readers on to the website to find the books. If the readers come on the website, they're going to buy the books. So sharing it amongst other authors is great because we need authors up there. But more than mm-hmm. that, we need, read, we, need, we need writers to put the books up there. We need readers to come and buy them. Now, right. we only set this up in October. <laughs> So it's pretty damn new, but we've mm-hmm. we've got a few. We've got some books up there. We've got some writers up there, um, and we've got all sorts of things: self help. We've got a poetry section. We've got a western section. We've got a romance section. We got a, every section we could think of. We actually downloaded a Google of of the different genres and just put them up there, um, and we've got quite a nice cross section. So from from the author's point of view, all we're asking them for is a minimal, if you like, token amount to cover mm-hmm. the costs of running it. 
and for them to promote the website, which is to their own benefit. That's all. Now, we don't take a percentage of sales. We don't take, there's no hidden anything. That's it. Simple as that. It's, it's, you know, we're going to have, we're going to be paying high taxes on it because we're not a not-for-profit because, you know, we can't do it like that. We've looked into it and it's, it's, legally it's a gray area, so you avoid that. Um, but we don't care about that either. If, 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 as long as we cover the running costs, then we don't care. As long as we're not going to be out of pocket to actually keep it going, we, the, the rest doesn't matter. Good. See, this is, this is the kind of conversations I love having with authors, entrepreneurs, is we're promoting not just ourselves, we're promoting services to help others. This is the main reason why I do this show, because it's not about me. It's not about my publishing house. It's not about me as an author, you as an author. We're trying to get other authors out there. We're trying to get other businesses out there. And what people don't realize, realize, sorry, when you're an author, you're a small business. Mm -hmm. So with the best one in the world... And, and sorry, I tend to do this. <laughs> With the best one in the world, most writers are not business people. Okay? Now, I have two degrees in business. Steve in England runs three businesses. So we're authors with a business head. So we know how market systems work, and we know, we basically know how to look and say, there's a honking great hole in that market there. How can we fill it? As long as it's something that we're interested in, you know. Um, right. We we just I'm I'm personally tired of of getting ripped off, you know. We're just, I am, every yes. first, every publisher that calls you is vanity press. I'm tired of being ripped off, and I'm tired of being lied to. And if you look at Amazon, the way it works, Amazon is, is not ripping you off, but yeah, they kind of thinking about it, you know. And we also have a section up there where we can have publishers, we can have editors, we can have beta readers. All of that is on the website. So if you if you have a publishing company that's not Vanity Press and is not going to rip anybody off, then as long as you pass muster, we'll put you up there. Simple as that. So an author can say, what have they got under publishing? Oh, yeah, I'll contact these publishing houses. Or we have a section for beta readers. If you want to be a beta reader, then let us know, and we can put you on the website. And then they can say, click on the beta readers and say, oh, this person reads what I like. I'll ask them if they'll do it. The same with editors. We have a, we have a section for editors. Now, the world and his mother will go on and say, I'm an editor and I'll edit, you, edit your book for 0.2 cents of a word, which is fine. But how do you know they're any good? You don't. Yes. You have no idea if they're any good. My dog could put up a, an advert for that. So they, if we're going to have them as our publishers or beta readers or editors or whatever, the extras. You have to vet them. They have, they are going to be vetted, and if we don't like it, it's I'm sorry, but 
you know, you're going to up your game to get in. Because there's no point in us promoting that if it's not going to follow the lead that we've already put in, which is writers helping writers with a fair deal and not ripping people off. Right. See, a few years ago, I joined the Authors Guild. As a new author, as an indie author, I had no idea about how many backstabbing policies there are in the book world. Yeah. And <laughs> it's worse it's than not the just, music business. That's all I have to say. <laughs> oh, in some ways, it's worse than the film business. It is. It is. And, and you have platforms like Amazon, which my company's books are on Amazon, sort of. Um, we promote more Barnes and Nobles because they're more honest than Amazon when it comes to books. They don't. Right. They don't monitor reviews and take good reviews down or block reviews because you reached out to a reader or author or someone gave them a free book on whatever platform because they want it because we do Correct. awesome things. See, to me, it doesn't matter to me if the review is from your mother. I don't right. care. Have they read the book? Did they enjoy the book? You shouldn't have to spend 50 bucks with a company to be able to put a review up in the first place. Exactly. And I have a real issue with Amazon checking your Facebook status to see if any of the reviews are from people that are on your Facebook page. Because if you're an author, you probably have uh, 2, just on my people. poetry page. Right. Mm -hmm. On my poetry page, I have... Uh, 182 people on my poetry page. I don't know any of them. That's not true. I know about half a dozen of them. The rest of them just like my poetry. Now, if one of them goes onto Amazon and says, this is a really nice poetry book and I like her poetry, blah, 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 and Amazon look on my Facebook page and say, oh, no, we're not allowing that because she's a Facebook person. She's mm -hmm. a Facebook friend. That is ludicrous. That, from a writer's point of view, that is ludicrous because that's yes. how you get. That's the only marketing you've got is Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook, WeMe, all of the other, all the other social medias. That's the only place we have to market our books. We don't have anywhere else. Right. We don't have the million dollars in our pockets to do billboards and bus signs and whatever else that the mainstream publishers have in their arsenal. So we have to utilize what we have on Internet. It's Correct. not right that Amazon monitors our social media and then blocks reviews. I have authors that they're blocking books to. Some are in my publishing house, some are not, because whatever reason. They don't even give a reason why they don't put the book onto their website at this point. Right. My other question with Amazon, and I've, I've never really honestly got an answer to this either, is if you publish through Amazon, do you still have the copyright on your book? We do. Are we even sure though, about that? 
Yes, because your okay. copyright That's... is it. No, no, no. Here, this this comes from everything I found out legally. Your copyright that right. you have on the inside of your book is a legally binding contract. When you ISBN it, they only if you're getting your ISBN through Amazon, they only have permission to write it on that book. They are not allowed to resell your book under a different name or someone not adhering to the copyright. That copyright is right. a legally binding page. Right. See, that's the other that's the other way we we roll. I'm mm-hmm. trying to be trendy now. <laughs> that's the other way we look at it is there are people who have the option to send your manuscript to a printer. Have your books printed by the tens, hundred, a thousand, whatever. Some of them are for forty-eight hour printing, and it will turn right. up on your doorstep in a box. How are they going to sell those? They can't do it through Amazon because they're not an Amazon prescriber. How are they going to market those books? They can't. They're only going to sell them to their friends and and whatever. With this website, we don't care if you've got them in a book in your spare bedroom. We don't care. If, If this can help you market, sell your book, and at least recoup some of the time effort and sweat and hard work it's taking you to write the damn thing in the first place mm-hmm. then that's what we want to do I mean exactly. it's, it's, it's it's pretty you know it's what you see is what you get <laughs> yes which then gives people the option to say I can market my book on this website it's going to cost me next to nothing it's going to meet it's going to reach readers because you can't guarantee that, but you're more likely to hit readers doing with the website that we have than you are through Amazon because you're going to get lost in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. Plus, I'm saving a bundle by having it printed by this company and having them shipped to my house. So all I got to, then you can sign them and send them off or whatever. Then you also have a knock-on effect because you're helping printers. So then printers are actually making more money, which gives jobs. Mm-hmm. So right. it starts to be a circle. You can also have the option of going to a local printing house. And there's, there's not many of them. There's not a huge amount, but there are mm-hmm. printing companies out there. And it's only offset printing, which I used to do many years ago. So it's not complicated. The machines do it all for you now. So it's not difficult at all. And you can go to a local printing house and say, I've got this book here. Can you print it for me in softback or hardback? And can you print me 50 or 100? That's supporting your local economy. That's supporting local business. That's providing jobs. So potentially it's a knock-on effect where it can help a lot more people than just writers. Right. Now we're almost out of time, so I want to give the – the listeners your website one more time it's book books first chapter.com correct this is going to help you as an author seriously I'm getting ready like I'm sending all my authors that I have in-house to you so we're going to be okay. doing something 
real soon. But so there's about fifty books for you. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. I mean, like so, you say, we can't we can't guarantee we're going to sell your books for you. But there isn't really a lot of other options out there because we've looked. I mean, we looked for a long right. time and we found nothing. Right. So you know, it's costing you what twenty bucks a month, two hundred bucks a year. That's mm-hmm. like one. It, it's not that expensive. Um, no, it's not. And as I say, you. I mean, I noted for two things: the sarcastic sense of humor and my word, mm-hmm. my honesty. And the price is not going to change. I don't care what the economy does. The price is not going to change. That's it. And as I said, if you are in a situation where you're doing something for charity or whatever, we don't care. We're not going to charge you a penny. You need every penny you can for the charity. I'm I'm trying to cobble together at the moment. I don't know how, but I'm trying to cobble something together at the moment where I can throw something together to make some money to send to these people in Australia who are helping these animals. And I don't know what it's going to be, and I don't know whether it's going to be a short stories books or poems or a combination. G- I, don't, me, I don't know. Connect with I'm me on sort of, Facebook. We only have a few okay. seconds left, and this deserves right. a longer conversation. And I know yeah. we're going to be kicked off in just a few seconds. So okay. get a hold of me because Australia is one of my favorite places in the world, and we need to do something as the author world. That's what but I again, think. And yes. Yeah. Then that's what we're going to do. Okay. I again, thank you so much for being on the show. You are more than welcome, sweetheart, and I'll speak to you soon. And okay. authors out there, booksfirstchapter.com, just check it out. Yes. And have a wonderful, wonderful day. And you, my sweetheart. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'm your host, ML Roostrack. I'm here with my special guest, W2 Hamilton. Welcome. Hey, thank you. It's awesome to be on here. Now, we're, we had a chance to talk right before we went on live today, and you have several books out, but we're going to concentrate on your one-chapter books. Can you tell us a little bit about that series? Yeah, so um, what happened was... Uh, read a lot of um, business books and marketing books and they all had one thing in common when I got to the chapter that really solved the problem that I was looking for I stopped reading the book and jumped into to make that happen so I said to myself there's got to be people like me that just want to read the one chapter that they need why don't I start writing one chapter books to help entrepreneurs solve the problem so they can keep you know, moving forward in their business so that's what I had created I've done about six of those so far. Awesome. Now, what are some of the problems that you see that you can help entrepreneurs with? So the the very first one I did was uh, ask for the money because I know uh, when I first got thrown into, before I became an entrepreneur, I was working in sales, and that was the first thing that 
I struggled with was actually asking for the sale as you went through the sales process. So the first book was all about asking for the money. Then I did a, a book that was all about, uh, you know, where do you start? You got this great idea. It's called the million dollar idea. Where do you start? How do you actually take that from an idea to actual product or service? So I, I told the story of, of how I, how I did it and how I guide people into doing that. And then from there, I did one on networking, did one on social media. And then the latest one I've done is it's called the harsh truth, which is what's the real truth that you have to get through to really make your business work. Oh, exactly. Um, so have you, with your books as of yet, touched base on getting investors to invest into your idea? So the there's a the one book is called uh, The Lonely Printer, and mm-hmm. in that I do talk to a little bit at the beginning of um, having an investment, working with investors, and then the whole thing going south, and basically mm-hmm. how I lost $25,000 in an investment Ooh. that only lasted about three months and how how much of a benefit that was for helping me to really understand how to work with investors and how to put deals together. That's good. That's not good that you lost $25,000, but I mean, it's a good learning experience, and I'm glad that you were able to share that. Yeah, it was Turn great. Negative. Actually, it was... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, turning negatives into a positive. That's what it was all about. Exactly. It was like going to uh, business boot camp. Yeah, that, that's something I think every entrepreneur <laughs> needs to do is a boot camp at, at least once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here I am. I'm an entrepreneur myself with films and publishing and whatever. And I do boot camps all the time online because you learn so much information from both an author's point of view and a lot of entrepreneur books, self-help and guidance books transfer over to the authoring world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the the thing I find with the like, deal with different authors and the thing that I find with them is they don't look at it as an entrepreneur business, so mm-hmm. they're uh, they're not really looking at the marketing and promoting and doing all the things that you have to do to actually get your your book from Amazon into somebody's uh, into somebody's laptop or into somebody's hand. Right. I try to explain this to authors all the time. You are a small business. You're not just an author. You are a small business. You have to market yourself. You have to get your voice out there. Writing a great book and just putting it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, so wherever you have it is great. It's the first step, but it's not the only step. There's about 100 between A and bestseller. <laughs> Yeah, and the getting it on onto the platform is the easiest step. Oh, it but is, actually and they have taking your author hat off and putting your promoter hat on and your marketing hat. That's that takes a lot of work, and if you don't know a lot about that that lane, you really have mm-hmm. to learn it because you can spend a lot of money and not get very much results just because you mm-hmm. you don't know what what it takes to do it. 
so you just throw you're throwing cash at it thinking that's going to be the solution but i found because we i had done that i had spent money just with with someone just to market and the initial campaign was great but it only lasts a few days and you need three months of marketing so you need to learn how to do it yourself as well as paying someone to do some marketing for you Oh, exactly. It's not just where you're spending money. It's how you're spending it, what you're spending it on, and what are the results. There's a formula, formula. sorry, I can't talk today, um, that people have to follow for it to be effective. And exactly. Unfortunately, not a lot of people, A, have the mindset to learn the formula, or B, they just go, Oh, I'll just pay someone to do it, and that's great. You can pay great marketers, um, author assistants, and all these people that help promote your book. But if you're not learning it yourself, what's the point of just keeping paying people constantly? You have to know what they're doing so you can help. Exactly. And in the the book, The Hearth Truths, I talk a lot mm-hmm. about um, the mindset and, and understanding how how your money should work. It's a, it's a story. So it's a, basically a story of a young entrepreneur. His name is Peter. He, he uh, requests to have a meeting with his, his uh, mentor friend. And so it takes place in a diner. And just mm-hmm. through conversation, I, I basically travel through all the different realities that you're going to run into as you're starting your business and how to, uh, how to find the solutions to be able to get through those. Cause some of them are mindset. Like when you start a business, everybody's excited when you start, they're mm-hmm. excited if you succeed or they're excited when you quit and you will start something else. But right. yeah, in between time, you're on your own. So right. It takes you, you have nine months okay. instead of two months to get your thing going. You're on your own. Mhm. Oh yeah, I find that even with film, everyone's excited right in the first month or two. But after the first month or two, they're like, "Why isn't this done? Why isn't that?" It's a slow process. They don't understand yeah. the process. They have this mindset that you have to have it done in two months, three months. It's not that. It's there's a lot of working wheels in any business. And you have exactly. to make sure all the gears line up in order to in order for everything to run smoothly. Yeah, and so a lot of it is self belief and is discipline and, and focus. And those are, are things that are hard to to build naturally. Mhm. And that's why you you need to surround yourself with people that can help you or have have someone that's done it before that can guide you through the steps and then also just help you to stay on, on course and be accountable for the actions that you're taking and make sure you're always building momentum and moving forward. Right. And, okay, you build your team around you. You build your team with like-minded individuals, but also people that can help you succeed. Either they have experience in finance, in the industry that you're pursuing, in organization, in whatever you're needing. 
Then you keep those ones that if you do a core team. Then you build up your cheerleading squad, basically. Your people that will promote you, be happy for you, bring your spirits up. When you lose $10,000 for something stupid because you don't know that you could utilize that $10,000 on something else. Exactly. So, so I have a book called The Lonelypreneur, and that's the the strategy. Is and one of the things that I learned from my mentor is it's called folding time. It's basically, mm-hmm. if you can align yourself with someone that's already done it, you can learn from the mistakes they made, so you don't have to make them. So you're something that might have taken you say three or four months to figure out. You can learn that in one conversation if you have the right people around you. And then a key strategy that I try to use is have people in different time zones. Because if you're working on your business at 2 o'clock in the morning, you can't call someone necessarily in your time zone to talk to them. But if you have people mm-hmm. in different time zones, you can reach out to someone at 2 o'clock in the morning. It might it might be you know, 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning where they are, or it might be uh, 11 o'clock at night where they are. So it's a great strategy, oh, yeah. strategy to use to be able to... Uh, all of your problems at any time of the, the day or night. Exactly. I have my team spread out through the U.S., but I also have mentors in the U.K., Australia, New Zealand. They may not know mm-hmm. the business right down to the T, but I can call them up or Facebook or Twitter or whatever I need to do to get a hold of them, and they will brainstorm with me. They may not know the yeah. problem exactly, but they can brainstorm. And one of my great mentors, Antonio T. Smith, he's an author, entrepreneur, and motivational speaker. We do brainstorming sessions. He's like, take everything you know about whatever the problem is, toss it out the window. Okay, now we have a problem. What can we do that's a creative solution to fix the problem that hasn't already been tried? Because you, you wouldn't be talking to me if you already tried everything that you can think of. So let's think of everything you haven't thought of. Mm-hmm. And that's a, an awesome power and an awesome resource to, to have, right, when you're able to do that. Right. Right. Is to be able to call your mentor, a friend, a business partner, and be able to strategize because we all do it. We have these mounds of problems. We do, we looking at it, it looks like a mountain. But when you sit there and you bounce ideas off someone that's removed from the situation, that mountain is not that big. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't exactly. matter if it's a book that we're trying to get to bestseller or needing to come up with an investor for... $25,000, throwing it out there. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. that big of a problem. It's just you have to look for the solution. Exactly. And I find that uh, that happens a lot with me when uh, people reach out to me, and mm-hmm. I'm able to see a solution really quickly that once once I tell them, they see it, and they all of a sudden it's like, wow, how, how could I not seen that it's, it's so obvious it's captain obvious 
it's just that mm-hmm. you can't see it from your point of view. So you need always mm-hmm. to reach out to someone outside of what you're going through because they might be able to see right away, oh, you didn't try this, just try this, this will work for you. Right. It's an awesome feeling when you have those resources around that you can use. Oh, it's wonderful to have resources like that. It's As an entrepreneur, as a business-minded person, as an author, you have to utilize the people that you network with. And networking is 90% of what you need to succeed because it's not yeah. what you know, it's who you know. Yeah, exactly. So you have another book coming out later this spring. What is yeah. that one on? So that that book is uh, so it's a continuation of the the harsh truth. So the, the last three books that I well the last two books that I wrote and then this one, I've kind of turned them into like a a series. But you you, you can read them as one offs or you can read the other two first, but basically this mm-hmm. one takes place in a, a live seminar and uh, the one person that's attending is skeptical and then you have the, the person that's teaching the seminar, which is, is teaching all the little tips and tricks on how to really build up an online business mm-hmm. and then there's a, another character that's that's from the harsh truth that that is in there and there's a, basically a sub-story that happens between the two and they they're able to solve a few different problems that you would run into that are life problems that kind of get in the way of building your business that you have to be able to learn how to deal with so that you can stay focused on growing your business so in it I have like how to do heart heart centered sales how Mm -hmm. to uh, make a perfect um, or an irresistible offer I, I work they go through that at the end of the book and then also just some of the little pitfalls that you run into and how to how to deal with the mindset to to really uh succeed in in business and succeed in online businessing now in your opinion is it harder to be authentic when you're doing an online business or being authentic and trying to sell someone in a say a store. So, what I do is I like I, I try to show up online and offline the same way. Mm-hmm. That was, um, it was a bit of a struggle to get there, because I had to get to the point. So I struggled with, you know, at first I would show up the way I thought an entrepreneur should show up, or I would show up online the way that other people were showing up online. And what happened with me is I was finding that I wasn't getting any clients. Really, I was, you know, I was getting one or two, but not enough to be excited about. So I decided, okay, if pretending to be somebody is not working, why don't I just be myself? Because I have a lot more fun being myself. And so, right. and I said to myself, I'm not going to lose business because I'm not really gaining any business right now, pretending to to be like this guy or like that person over there. So once I started being myself, I started to attract people that were, were like me that wanted to learn from someone like me. So it's actually, I find it easier. It, it's scary at first because you're opening, you're making yourself more vulnerable, but you're also making yourself real. 
so it's right. It, you're more relatable in the long run. And the people that don't like you, they weren't going to like you whether you were being the fake person or not. In uh, in my book, there's a book called Luckypreneur, and I talk about, mm-hmm. you know, what if you became really successful being the fake you? You're going to be stuck being the fake you for the rest of your life. Is that really what you what you want to be successful doing? Right. Do you want to be known as a person that puts on a show for everyone or someone that can relate to everyone because you're real? We see this with celebrities. We see this all the time. People talk about it from reality TV, which we all know is not completely 100% real, (laughs) and to, to news. You're stuck being this person, and it's not necessarily who you are. So then you curate this whole world around this persona, and you're actually harming your psyche. Yeah, exactly. And then if you, when you learn and you grow, you, you get different perspectives and viewpoints on things. But if you're locked into having to be this certain way all the time, you can't actually expand what you know or or do anything different because now people expect you to only be in this lane and only do this for the mm-hmm. for as far as your business goes and all the people that are invested in there and lawyers everybody expects you to be this person because that's what makes the money. So if, right. if you can be real, then you're able to to adjust and and shift and change your viewpoints. And it's still part of your brand because that's you. You are your brand at that point. Mm-hmm. So it, it it takes a little bit more time and effort to to grow because you're not going to appeal to as many people, but you're going to have a real authentic uh, appeal to the people that you that you resonate with. Right, and here's what people don't understand: once you start resonating with appeal from being yourself, yes, it's a slower road to take. But scaling your business responsibly and slowly is actually better than being fake and scaling too quickly because then you run into all sorts of other problems that you wouldn't have to have deal with if you would have scaled responsibly. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. And I think uh, a lot of people don't see that because... When you're looking at social media, especially like Instagram, everything mm-hmm. is based on 90 days, 90 days to success. Mm-hmm. And success takes way longer than 90 days if you really want real, real sustainable success. Mm-hmm. And oh, it does. The quick money doesn't last, right? Quick money doesn't last. You you make a few quick sales and then people start to see through you and then you you don't make any more sales. If you're having quick sales, okay, that's great. You're making money real quickly, but is that sale going to come back to you in 30 days, 90 days, 120 days? Are they going to come back to you when you have a new product a year from now? You have to be able to scale slowly, steadily, and not just go for the quick sales. You have to make that personable connection with your client, with your customer, with your whatever you're doing. Yeah, exactly. 
And when you're authentic, you, you have more fun because you're, you're, you're relaxed because you can just be your normal self 24 hours a day. You don't have to put on a show when you turn on the uh, camera to make a video. Exactly. You can't... Okay, I do a lot of podcasts. I do a lot of pop-up things on uh, Facebook because it's just the type of person I am. If I have something I say, I'm going to say it. When you turn that camera on, you have to be yourself. You can't be some fake Barbie doll, Barbie doll and put it on the show for people. Yeah, it's fun. It's entertaining. But are you really having fun doing it? You have to be authentic with yourself before you can be authentic to your clients, to your followers, to your whatever the case may be. Exactly. And then uh, once you're able to do that, you can you, you can uh, fine-tune it. You can do different things with your, you know, the way that you're showing up, but you're still going to always be the real person. The fear that I would have is if I built up a persona on camera and then I'm out with my with my family or out with my friends and I'm a completely different person and, and someone sees me and comes up to me, I, I think that that would be very uh, unauthentic. But if you run into me at any kind of event, I do a lot of social socializing events. I'm the same person that you see you see on social media. Exactly. You have to be one person all the time. The only person you can be is yourself. You cannot be the class clown 24-7. You cannot be um, someone that puts on the show for 15 minutes and be someone else if they meet you on the street. It's not going to work. We see people on Instagram all the time getting called out about this stuff because it's right there. If you're not the yeah. same person they see on A, B, and C, you're going to get called out. And that's yeah. only going to hurt you and your brand and your business. Yeah, for sure. And I, I know it's it's something that people struggle with because it's, it, it's, it's hard, right? It's not as easy to grow slowly. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, and everybody around you, this is one of the things I talk about in the harsh truth, like everybody around you that are excited when you start, they're not there when you're struggling to really build it up. But they also don't get any of the benefits. Maybe your family gets some, some monetary benefits eventually. But they, don't, they don't get any other benefits as you're building up your business. So you have to realize that um, it's okay that, maybe all the people that were excited aren't really there for you every step of the way. That's why you surround yourself with other people that have been through it before that understand it. And that's why I write these books to kind of help people with the, the whole mindset of being able to see that, okay, it's a journey. And you have to really celebrate all the little wins because there's a lot of little wins that add up to mm-hmm. big wins. If you can see them and recognize them and have some gratitude for them and enjoy them. But you have to find right. them. They're there. They're there every day. They're not these big things that you can post on, on social media and say, "Hey, look what I just did." But they all add up, right. building momentum for your business. And if you have someone on your team that can't 
see those little things as a positive, they don't need to be on your team. Yeah. They will drag you down. They'll drag your whole positive energy, positive vibes that you have. They will drag it down. You don't need that. Your little successes, whether it be getting your 100th customer, your 10th ebook downloaded, whatever these little stepping stones are, if they can't be happy that you did that, cut them loose. They're not happy in your company, they're not happy with little successes, and they're not going to be there for the long run. Yeah, exactly. And there's so many more successes. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say there's so many more successes than just the, the the revenue. Exactly. A lot of people measured their success just by the revenue, but so many successes are built up to that revenue that you have to enjoy. And if you can really enjoy those, then the revenue will start to come after. But if you exactly. can't enjoy the little things, it's hard because you're just gonna feel like you're you're always losing. That That is a wonderful point. If you're judging your business, your books, your whatever, by how much income you're getting, you're missing the whole point. If you're an author and you're writing only for money, you're doing it completely wrong. You have to do it for the little successes. Teaching one person something, showing them something, open their mind to something, that's a little success. That's something to be celebrated. Exactly. There's there's some months where my uh, revenues from the books it, it doesn't even cover the uh, cell phone bill, but I'm happy that I'm getting these these emails every month saying that you sold something. Mm-hmm. And then when you you do some campaigns and you you make the bigger sales, that's that's more of a celebration. But when your your books are not going to sell in a big abundant amount every single month, 12 months a year. Right. But we're almost out of time, so before we let you go, where can our listeners find you? So I'm on uh, Instagram is the the main social media site that I use. It's w.t.hamilton. It's on Instagram. And then I have uh, a page on Amazon. If you look up uh, w.t.hamilton, you'll find that all my books are on there. I have uh, personal development books and and entrepreneur books. Those are the, the two main places that I drive traffic to. Awesome. As an entrepreneur, author, and a promoter, I highly suggest you get a Facebook page. You can reach a oh, lot do, more customers. I do have... Uh, yeah, I do have a it's WT Hamilton author is my Facebook page. Good, because I'm I find a lot of more people, believe it or not, go to Facebook before they go to Instagram. Don't ask me why, because Instagram <laughs> is little quick things, but I I I don't get it. But hey, it's there. But I. Thank you for being on the show today. 
Well, it was a real pleasure, Emma. I really enjoyed uh, our conversation. Yeah, and I look forward to reading your next book when it comes out. I appreciate it. Uh, and yeah, thanks for, our, for doing this show. It's really uh, yeah, really helpful we, for we do this. Yeah, we do this for authors, entrepreneurs. Just get a hold of me. I love doing these. But for now, thank you, and we'll talk to you later. All right, thank you. Have a good day.